Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Good morning, afternoon, good day. Mm. Very inclusive. Good morning. <laughs> Very inclusive. I'm just going to stick with one. So, you're back. You're back with us. You're... Father Paul was sick for a few days. Yeah, I'm back alive. Thinks the flu, but um, and for, by a few days, I mean like a week of his life <laughs> is right. gone. Disappeared into that weird time void of bed rest. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because it's like when you get that sick, almost... The last thing you want to do is lay down. But then when we're so busy in life, we just want to lay down and relax. You know what I mean? It's like this weird. What do you want to do when you're sick if you don't want to lay down? Oh, I mean, you do, but you just are waiting to be like, I want to feel better. Oh, I want to get yeah. out of bed. I want to be able oh, to I do see. things. You yeah. know, it finally looks like a chance to rest, but you feel terrible and you want to be over with. Yeah. And also almost even laying down. I remember not the one time I've had the flu a few times and it's rough. Yeah. I got a flu shot this year too. I Still, know nothing about the background of the success of the flu shot as different strains of the flu and stuff. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, this has happened to me every once in a while. I'll get stressed out about something. I won't sleep well for a couple nights. A couple things will come together mm. and, then it's like it weakens your immune system. Yeah. And then something evil just like hits you <laughs> hard. Dude, you got to you gotta bump up the vitamin C. Yeah. It's all about the vitamin C intake. I mean, it's partially That's how I can burn the, the midnight C. oil and then get <laughs> up with the kids in the morning. That's just, right. You're just crushing vitamin C all the time. <laughs> I just, instead of a salt and pepper Eating thing. all the gummies. We just have one of those C. things that cracks vitamin C on top Ugh, of your food. No, I'm just kidding. So that's why, podcast listeners, we had to take last week off. I thought about special guesting it with uh, Father Edwin or something like that, but I didn't want to add insult to injury. You it know, wouldn't be the be same. Like, it wouldn't be the same. You know, it'd be like prodigal and prodigal. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Prodigal uh, squared. That's right. So um, had a lot of people reach out. Just want to say two things. Uh, had a lot of people who have reached out and just affirmed the podcast, shouted out to us. We... We're very grateful to y'all. Second is, um, had a lot of people come up to me, ask about, hey, you know, how's the house stuff going with the flood, mm. all of that stuff. So very thankful for all to, all those who have supported the Scansella family in any way you have, or even just asking about anything. It means a lot to Nikki and I. So just wanted to mm. shout that out before we start the podcast and- with the flood? What flood? You remember the old house? Oh, that flood. Okay. You know, the washer I thought you line. meant the storm a couple days ago. No, 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 no. I know it did some But the new house it. does have a small leak, but we're getting that <laughs> fixed. We're getting that fixed, I think. So, no, we, we have to get it fixed, but yes, yeah, it's a longer story. Which of the six bathrooms in your new house is, uh, is the leak in? No, 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 no. Is it like a 12 bed, six bath or something? Yeah, yeah. You you know me, youth minister life. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's how I roll. 
Yeah, if you hear random coughing, <laughs> that's just Father Paul getting over the flu. Um, the dog that walked past. Exactly. All right, we got some questions here. Got a bunch oh. of different ones. Um, let's see. Let's jump into... This comes from first name Anon, last last name Amos. So <laughs> love it. Yeah. Question. They say, this is what they say, not me. Question. I have a hang up about the term, in quotations, celebrating mass. Oh. Does the liturgy, it, does the liturgy as it is today take away from the sacrificial element of the mass? Is there too much showmanship and emphasis on celebrating a communal meal? P.S. Challenge for men. Leave the shorts and flip-flops flip flops and t-shirts <laughs> at home. Dress up a bit. How does your clothing choice reflect our belief about what the mass is? Very interesting topics. Um, I, I don't know. The first one, I don't have a real... I don't have... Like, like, do you get offended by that term? No, I use that term a lot. Um, <laughs> it's next but, question. <laughs> next question. No, I mean, if, yeah, I I know what it's like to be to be in a place where it seems like the mass is just everywhere you go, it's just too horizontal, not vertical enough. Mm. By, so by break I, that down for what you. Yeah. I know what that means. Break yeah. it down. By for which our I listeners. mean, it's it's very sort of. Uh, people-centered, and it doesn't feel like God has a whole lot of place in there. When I say the vertical, when is I say to God, vertical, right? Us to God, it means it's something that feels transcendental, something mm-hmm. that feels like it's it's out of the normal. And so, it might not you might not describe it as welcoming in the same way as you would something that feels very familiar and like home. Um, but it does make you just the experience of it is like this is there's something of heaven vertical come down to earth here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i'm, I'm not I, I think you have to have both like right uh, i'm not saying that just this like cold sacrificial uh ultra transcendental atmosphere is is the goal for every mass right um but when that's not there, it can make people wonder, why am I here? Mm. If I'm not here to to worship God in this in this sort of transcendental heaven meets earth way, yeah, then what are we really doing? Um, right. And so, yeah, I I know what it's like to be coming from that place. Um, I don't think it's fair to to push all of that baggage onto celebrating mass. Right. And celebrating mass is actually um, kind of a kind of a small win over presiding mass. Um, okay, why is that? Well, people. So wait, you prefer someone who says celebrating mass over presiding mass? Yeah, and they don't usually n- use the verbs, but I prefer it when people refer to the celebrant of the mass instead of the presider. Oh. Um, because often presider has even more of this kind of folk um, horizontal focus um, okay. that I am, you know, that the, the priest is, is simply the one who presides over the gathered assembly. 
Um, and celebrant is often used in contexts where there's a recognition of a distinctive role for the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a little it's a little more I guess vertical, right? <laughs> um, in the way it's often used. But yeah, I I get it. It's if if you hear celebrate um, and you think of like I don't know, pop songs or something, right? Then uh, then it it probably doesn't like really speak. Is that what you think people heart. think? I don't know pop songs. Well, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I just didn't know. If I'm just thinking like, that like celebrate good times song. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> like like celebrate. if that's if that's what yeah. If that's what you hear when you hear celebrating mass, then I can see how it would bother you. Okay. But I'm kind of... Now, the second point on that, does the liturgy as it is today take away from the sacrificial element of the mass? I mean... Um, I mean, it kind of depends where you go. Right. So, like, the the sort of basic, basic 20th century history of, of the mass and the reforms to the mass... Um, it does take what was a very sacrificial, heavy um, emphasis on the Mass and tone some of it down. And I think some of that's open to critique. Did they tone down too much? Mm. Um, You're talking about Vatican too. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the liturgical reforms throughout the 20th century were more than just Vatican yeah. II. There's a whole, whole thing. Um, There's a thing. There's a yeah a whole whole process leading up through it. Um, yeah, so I but mean, like you, you have objective, you have kind of the, the sacrifice takes place. So it's like, I think again, it it really depends on how the priest celebrates mass, celebrates how the priest uh, <laughs> <Presides>. offers <laughs> the sacrifice <laughs> of the mass, um, and. Uh, I think music choices are important. Going back to our previous episode, <laughs> like, like they do a lot. To Got in, a lot of comments to, about our last <laughs> episode. I'm good sure we bad. did. Yeah, yeah. Some really good ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, music can do a lot. Um, like all things being completely equal, change the music, and it can it can change your perception and experience of of what we're doing at mass quite a lot. Yeah. Um. No, I I don't think I don't think necessarily um that that is a a critique that just applies across the board. Yeah. I think it depends on the circumstances. I do think the reforms made it easier for that critique to land. Right. Um but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um you have kind of the two poles of the mass being uh, the sacrifice of our Lord on Calvary, mm-hmm. and the Mass being the reenactment of the Last Supper. Do this in memory of me. Um, and you do you do need both. And so if you if you're moving so far towards one or the other, right? Um, then I don't know. There's something missing about about what the Mass is, right? Um, yeah. 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 I think it's interesting this other little part and I'll be curious your experience in Bermuda growing up in a shore town at the Jersey Shore. I mean, I wouldn't say flip-flops, but 
There's a lot of short wearing in the Jersey Shore. And I would imagine, I don't know why, I imagine. It's a funny statement. Yeah. A Um, lot of shorts worn in the Jersey Shore. It's a lot of shorts. People in the summer, for some reason, want to wear shorts in the Jersey Shore. So I would imagine probably similar in Bermuda. Yeah. Yeah. So I, maybe it's because I'm a youth minister. I believe... Yes, there is a dressing up for mass is appropriate. It's good. Um, it's not any type of hang up for me. If someone now, I'm not talking about dressing inappropriate, but I'm just talking about like, and what is that level? I mean, everybody has a different threshold of what is inappropriate. I feel, but if a kid came to mass in shorts and a t-shirt, you know, and flip-flops. I'm just glad they're at mass nowadays, you know? Um, now, would the hope be that over time they could adjust that? Yes. But, like, good example, Mission Laredo, right? Mm-hmm. We have to leave immediate. We go to ma- morning mass. We have to leave immediately from mass to breakfast to work site, right, each day. Or vice versa, we get home. We immediately come in for the liturgy. We've been out all day, shorts, all that stuff. Like, is that inappropriate? You have 150 people, like, worshiping and, like, really uh, playing with a zip tie right now across (laughs) from me. Father Paul just grabbed a zip tie and is slowly, like, pulling it. Anyway, um, you know what I mean? You know what this symbolizes? What? Your donations to Laredo slowly shrinking. No. Drying up. Because of these hot takes. Hot takes. (laughs) And so these kids come back. And it's like, is there, is there really in that moment, is that clothing a reflection of what they believe in that liturgy? I don't believe so. Yeah, Laredo is a little special case, right? Because you said they have to, they're there for mission uh, to, to, um, to build these houses and stuff. Right. And so they have to be ready for it. Um, I don't think that like that a kid dressed in a respectful way, even if that's t-shirt and shorts. Um, I don't think that's like the hill to die on. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with you. Like I'm glad they're there. Um, but I do think that it, it's important, like just in, in all aspects of our spiritual life to call people higher. Yeah. And, so if if we can meet people where they are and not be exclusive, right? Like, like I don't I don't like this idea that um, if you're not wearing a certain dress code, then you're right. not able to. Like there was churches like that. Yeah, I don't know if they still exist in Europe. Maybe I don't know. No. Uh, well, maybe? In, in Rome, in the churches, they would make you cover your shoulders, for instance, right. or if you're but wearing shorts. Only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Italians are just always dressed well, um, even when they're, they're wearing good people jeans and stuff. Like they're always just they're like stylish, jeans. like models or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't want it to be a barrier for entry, right? But I do get the idea that like the more you start to just go all in on your faith and your understanding of what the mass is, the more you're like, this deserves even like an outward response from me in how I carry myself. 
right? Like everything. If this right. is true, if if it's true that the Lord rose from the dead and that he's present in the Eucharist, like that changes everything about the way I act when I approach the Eucharist. Right. And there's something of a, a kind of move towards solemnity there, mm. um, which, which I can see that sentiment um, also moving towards like, I need to dress differently than I do for everything else. Hmm. Um, that's, that, Should I that's go back to my famous line of like, they weren't dressed well probably at the last supper. <laughs> they had no organ you know? and they weren't dressed well <laughs> at the last supper. I know those two things. How do you know? <laughs> no, it sounds like I'm anti-dressing well. I'm not like, uh, like yeah, that I was think something you're just anti like making people feel like they're not welcome when they don't understand right. the reason for it. Which I've seen that happen too many times. It's yeah. like, yeah. Did you ever hear about, I don't know where who what priest wrote the article, but it was very interesting. Like the pastor of a parish, and I can never see you doing anything like this, but he wanted to truly see like how his parishioners welcome those in need and like... I don't know, the downtrodden. And one weekend, like, kind of had one of those professional makeup artists, all of those things, like, mm. literally dress him almost identical to, like, like very worn down, like, um, dirty, like, like someone living on the streets, mm -hmm. homeless person. And went into his church, right, that he's the pastor of, and, like, wrote about how, poorly he was treated and um not welcomed um didn't do anything like didn't like create a scene or anything like that but just just even coming in the looks the that like just to sit in the church and like it was just eye-opening to him like the judgment in those moments you know um now once again that's a different case like i think in that moment um but it's just interesting. I feel like a lot more people, I feel like the Catholic church is judgy on this subject mm -hmm. way more than other churches. And is that because we have the true presence? Okay. I would, re I would respect it if it came from that point, but it, I don't respect it as much when it comes from the point of just attacking somebody and saying mm. like, well, you don't get it because you're not real Catholic. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just I, I struggle with that aspect. Mm -hmm. The welcoming, especially because probably because I work with teens and kids and they don't feel welcomed a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's what uh, do you got for that? <laughs> I don't know. That makes sense. Um, I think I think it's this is this is true across the board for for a lot of people on a lot of subjects. You can begin from a good place. Um, right. Like people should dress well to respect the reality of what's going on. That's, that's beginning from a good place. Um, right. Uh, but it can, that, that sort of connection with, uh, with that, that good place, I guess, can get lost along the way and it can become more about like, <laughs> like what's the, what's the word? Um, I don't know. I've still got sick brain a little bit. 
sick brain. <laughs> Ever since COVID, people little, will now. I yeah, I got dumb brain. I got flu yeah. brain. I got this. Like I'm like uh, okay. Um. Yeah, I can't. Th- it's it's easy for us to get fixated on things. Yeah. Um. I. And to begin with, like even even a, a righteous anger at at an injustice, but then to move past that, um, and to miss the person in their um, in their sinfulness and confusion, and uh, maybe ignorance as well, um, right? Like that's that's a real easy thing, um, and yeah, that. Yeah, that's all I have to say on it. I don't know. Okay. I, I understand where it's coming from. Yeah. And I think it, it's a good place. Yeah. Um, and also, people could do a better job at, like, at dressing up as well. Like, there's... It's frustrating yeah. when people seem like they don't care. Right. But... it's incoherent with the, the reality of the mystery. Right. But also, and this isn't, like, I, I don't feel we have this problem here at St. Anne's, but... I, th- I think it starts in some ways too with leadership. Like you can tell some priests that like do not dress very well underneath their like, you know, chasuble and an album and all that. Right. Like, mm. and so it goes across the board or just yeah. even like the difference of what altar servers wear across the diocese. Right. Mm. Like somewhere a cassock and surplus, somewhere just an alb, some, I mean, remember during COVID, we couldn't even have them wear owls because we didn't understand <laughs> it enough. It was just, yeah. you know, all of those things. So good discussion to have. Okay. I yeah. want to ask one other question. Um, it's a little bit more intense question. It has uh, to do with a sensitive uh, subject. So parents, if anybody lets their kids listen, you feel free to continue listening to the podcast or you can um, fade out. Uh, But this comes from um, a person uh, anonymous and says, I've been invited to my friend's wedding celebration. My friend is in a same-sex union that took place Mm. a couple months ago with just the two of them. They're now having a celebration to celebrate with friends and family. Um, I love my friend and would like to be there for them. Is it wrong or sinful for me to attend the party? So... Um, it's a, it's a very loaded question. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's as black and white as we probably think. I think it depends. I I think you first like have to collect all the data, right? Like, okay, this is just a friend. Is this a coworker? Is this your sibling? Right? Like there are things that I do believe certain actions like, That like, let's take a sibling hypothetically, right? The goal is that relationship with them so that you can bring them to know Jesus Christ through your Mm -hmm. relationship, like in the salvation. Is there an action in that relationship that could ever damage that to say like this relationship is done? You know, Um, I think that has to be part of the equation Mm -hmm. to say like, if it is, um, I think you weigh it a little bit different than, you know, a coworker, a friend, as much as you love them. Um, we love all people, you know, like, um, you know, I, 
Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, in my place, I would not be able to attend. Mm-hmm. I feel like working for the church, my role in the church, I feel like that's condoning. Um, yeah, it's condoning that like marriage can be between anyone. And church believes it's between a man and a woman. Um, that being said, it's very complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a prudential decision. And for for some people, when they hear that, it can it can sound like I don't know some kind of a cop out or something. But that's right. not what prudential decision means. It means it's a decision that you have to make according to the virtue of prudence, which needs to be looking at all the factors involved. Right. And so it's a tough thing just to say, here's the rule. Everyone follow it the same way. Right. Uh, because it gets down to these concrete circumstances. Um, yeah. Some of which you, you described. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, I even mean, more complicated <clears throat> for you as a priest, you know, like, well, yeah, kind yes of. and no. Right. Like I, I, I think, think a I, little I have bit, a little, you a have little an easier out. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I'm talking in the case of like, I don't know, you know, like a sibling or something like that. That would yeah. complicate it a lot. I feel yeah. like no, it would be. It also it also depends what kind of thing they're talking about, right? They described it as a party here. Well, so that's which, what I was going to also say. Which is that's like, not the same thing as going to a, th- a wedding ceremony. Exactly. So yeah. I was going to say that as well. Is it says my friend was in a union that took place a couple months ago. They're now having a reception. So. In this case, and obviously we're not giving like, you know, hey, yeah, go for it. Don't go for it. Like there's prayer and discernment and, you know, yeah. all of those things that need to take place in that moment. But um, I was I was hoping you were going to pick on pick up on that as well to say, yeah. like, going to the actual like civil union, you know, like is yeah. very different. It means something a lot different than going to a reception. So um, would but, you have... But a, I think, yeah, go I ahead. think a lot of people who like just want to do the right thing in their faith, mm-hmm. um, they know the church is teaching on marriage, and but they don't know, like, does it also extend to, you know, does this obligation to witness to the, the church's teaching on marriage... Um, how far does that extend? I think that's where most people are coming from. Right. Is like, does that extend all the way to a reception or to a party? And right. It's, it's again, it's a prudential decision. I'm not saying that like, you know, everything that you could do (laughs) except for the, the civil union itself, um, is, is okay. But you can see that there's like a spectrum. Yeah. And, um, that as you're, you're making that decision, weighing these different factors, like, my relationship to these people, right. um, what kind of witness I'm able to give, um, right. uh, the type of event that you're being invited to, I think is also really important. Right. Um, but I would also challenge the average listener to say, okay, take, because I think some people will say, well, I'm not going to be in that situation or whatnot. Take the situation oh, of, yeah, well, I think they will, but also take the situation of, I mean, do people even blink an eye when it's somebody who 
has been, you know, divorced and the marriage is not in the church. You, you, mm. you know what I mean? Like all yeah. these situations. Other things like, that are contrary to the church's teaching. I yeah. Think. Like, are we actually taking a look at those things and saying, hey, should I really be attending this when in the eyes of the church, they're still married over here? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and, and the uh, the response might be like, <laughs> like not that <laughs> since I'm not consistent across the board, uh <laughs> <laughs> None of these I'm events matter. <laughs> um, yeah. It it might be a call to be more consistent, right? But it also might be a call to to recognize just I don't know how this how this thing is. Um, in general, I would much rather see people like doing something uncomfortably hospitable um, than the other way around. I I think that. Like give an example, tangible example. Well, I'm just thinking of like parents who have uh, children with same-sex attraction and then the the child meets someone and then the parents all of a sudden have to decide like, well, what do I do? Like when is, when is too far? When is the line where I say like, you can't bring this person to the house? Um, Right. Like that's a really hard place to be. Yes, I talked with a lot of parents in that place, and it's, um, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And my advice is normally like, um, for for them to, that that's a call for them to grow closer to Christ first of all. Right. Like if, if we're trying to radiate the love of Christ, then we have to be rooted in that love. Right. And, uh, I don't think we get to to reach a place in our spiritual life where we can sit back and say, well, that's, you know, I've done enough. Right. I've reached a plateau. I can turn to other things. So there's always a call to grow closer to Christ and to let that be sort of your guide mm-hmm. um, for how to act charitably. Yeah. Um, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, in those things. Uh, but the other is about center of gravity basically that our orbit needs to be around Christ Mm. and it's real easy for our orbit to get um, kind of drawn um, our center of gravity to, to get kind of right moved and and drawn out of that orbit into orbit of something else. Right. Um, And uh, so I don't know. I I think the witness of stability is really important. Um, and yeah, it's it's really hard advice to give over this kind of forum because everyone's situation is so different. Yeah. Um, but to have confidence in Christ and in the victory of his love um, and to be so firmly rooted and stable in that, um, I think will give a lot of clarity in how you are to act. Yeah. Um, and there, there might not be like an, an easy right answer for a given situation. Yeah. Um, but you know that you have to act out of that same divine charity. Right. And in a way consistent with faith and hope. So yeah. in such a way that you're, that you're dependent on God, mm-hmm. um, right. Stepping out in faith. Yeah. Uh, and that you are consistent also with the virtue of hope. Um, knowing that God can can prevail in right. any situation. 
Right. So it's, yeah, I don't know if I if I really want to bring it too much more. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that, those are good points. But. I think some tangibles <clears throat> is you got to be praying. I would talk to somebody as well, like like just some tangible steps for somebody who's going through this type of situation. It is, um, yeah, it's never easy. Um, but I also want to challenge like where our standards lie across the board, right? Um, yeah, are we doing? Do we have the same? Uh, you know, do we have the same type of uh, belief and living out our faith? If you had a child who, you know, you were talking to about same-sex attraction or a child that you were talking about that was engaged in, you know, premarital sex, like, do you, are, are we like going across the border? We're like, well, that's okay over here. Cause it's a heterosexual, you know, like relationship. And so I think I would just like to see people consistent across the board in our faith of saying, Hey, we're called to live out our faith in all moments, right? That first Peter three fifteen, right? Um, to always be able to show a reason for the hope we have in Jesus Christ, to be a witness in all moments, mm-hmm. um, and to just like living it out consistently. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I feel like we I sometimes mean, push those hot, like hot topic, you know, things more than. Okay, but we also have this over here that is, and it's not minimizing the other, but it's just saying, I literally have parents where one kid, you know, just because their sin is more private or not as known, mm-hmm. like it's like, well, this kid's fine because that's just like over here, and this one isn't, you know? Well, yeah, our categories can become about like respectable versus not respectable, yes. or socially acceptable versus not, and those aren't. Those aren't like the ultimate categories that should matter to us. We're all sinners. No sin is respectable. Um, and Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Favorite verse of all Boom. time for Joey. No, um, it's a Romans good verse. five five. Oh, I also yeah, and hope does not disappoint. Yeah, for the love for of the, the Holy love Spirit of... has been poured out. Yeah, also a good verse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Saint Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's important. Yeah, our, go ahead. Our our call is to become saints, and that should be our desire for everyone else. And that's yeah. that's kind of the the way that we that that Christ is calling us, and the church is calling us to view the world. Yeah, in everything. Right. Um, and that means that we're always acting out of compassion for the sinner. Um, knowing that we ourselves are sinners um, and that it's only by God's grace um, mm-hmm. that we're able to to strive in a in a virtuous or meritorious way yeah. um, uh, it it relativizes sin a little bit which is gonna raise a, ro- a lot of red flags but what I mean by that is when you have categories of acceptable versus unacceptable then you're dealing with categories of taboo right? Um, right. But when you see like how wicked all sin is, even acceptable sins like gossip, right? Um, then it's sort of, it does lessen the taboo of other things because, because you're seeing right. just like everybody is a sinner. Yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's pretty good for today. Yeah, I guess so. I got tired head still. You know, tired head. You know how it is. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have kids. <laughs> I have kids, so I kind of know what it is. So uh, we love your questions. Actually, oh, wait, I'm stopping the music. Oh. Wait for this. Wait for this. Actually, somebody, uh, shout out to one of our listeners, Nicole. She was like, hey, I liked when you guys like prayed it out. We should pray it out more often. So, yeah. yeah. Just not today. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, it's Lent, not today. So yeah, it is Lent. you want me to do it and then you give a blessing? Let's do it. All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of our lives. We thank you for the ability to come and to discern, to talk about things, to to be able to um, push up against the tough issues in our faith. We ask you, Lord, to um, be with us during this Lenten season. For all of us that are going through tough decisions, be able to uh, rely on the Holy Spirit, have good discernment and judgment. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's that was good. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. Well you and, and thanks, that's, Joey. And that's not my wife, Nicole. That was, that's a different listener. Yeah. Nobody so. thinks her name is Nicole. It's Nikki. It is Nikki, <laughs> but her real name is Nicole. Tiger Woods playing in the Masters. Yep. Super Masters excited. Playoffs start on the 16th. NBA playoffs. We'll talk more next time. On behalf of, behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless. <laughs>